Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Game of Thrones podcast. I'm your host, Carmine of Red Team Review, and I'm joined here once again by the magnificent, the amazing, the always awesome Carmine of Red Team Review and his sidekick, Preston. Preston? Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you were like laughing like before you even threw that joke out. You like, you amused yourself that much. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Guys, welcome back to the Game of Thrones podcast. Uh, this is our first podcast post the Season 8 uh, Game of Thrones stuff. Uh, we will be back next episode for our final Season 8 overview look thingy. And uh, But this time we're going to be looking at what is next for the Game of Thrones television series and HBO in general. And uh, we may have found uh, an interesting clue, or someone sent us a clue, as to what's going on. As always, we're available on SoundCloud and iTunes, so consider checking us out on those platforms. And if you do check us out on iTunes, then please leave us a review. It would help out a lot. Also, leave your comments and questions down below. We may cover them in the next episode. And uh, also, one thing before we do begin is I gotta give a shout-out to my boy, uh, YouTuber Men of the West. He's Lord of the Rings channel, the biggest Lord of the Rings channel on YouTube. And right now, as of this recording, he's at 177,000 subscribers. He's uh -oh. about to pass me. That's right. He's about to pass me with 8,000 more subscribers, so if you guys love Lord of the Rings, definitely go check him out. Help him surpass me so he and I can celebrate with dirty whores and drinks and all that good stuff. So, men of the West, love you, man. Congratulations on your success. I guess, I guess you know, he's, he's it's considering Lord of the Rings is coming back, I guess he can talk about all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we'll get into Lord of the Rings as well, because I know how much you love Lord of the Rings, kind of. <laughs> Lord of the Rings is fine. I was obsessed with Lord of the Rings for 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 a while, but it's uh, it is it is sort of sterile, you know, it, it, compared to Game of Thrones and and A Song of Ice and Fire, mm -hmm. you know. And speaking of which, so we're here because Preston uh, got a, an email from an anonymous source saying that they work in HBO. Go go into it. Tell me what happened. Well, I mean, yeah, I got this email saying that these things are uh, being discussed um, at HBO and that most of the people at HBO know all of this. And so he, uh, you know, I got, you know, this uh, anonymous email. Now, I'm not sure if it's actually from, from somebody at HBO. A lot of the information I think you could find from other sources and compile it. But it's a good compilation of everything. So you know, maybe maybe it's from maybe it's from uh, somebody exciting, so, you know, something secret. And maybe it's just uh, somebody that did a lot of good research and, and compiled everything into one place. So I don't know. Well, unlike this guy, my source is someone who has worked with HBO. I've confirmed that source. Oh, this, oh. yeah, I've told you before. Uh, my guy, who was you know, who told me like how HBO, how how most of the higher ups felt bittersweet about um, the last season. It got them a lot of money, but at the same time, they're fans of the show. They wanted to go on into more episodes. Dave and Dan said no, mm. so it's kind of bittersweet. Um, my source, I confirm. This guy just sounds like some random schmuck off of uh, Reddit who just you know made a random account and says he's from HBO. He's probably not. I have a, I have an idea of who this person really is. We were discussing that YouTuber a while ago and I don't want to say his name. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, I have no idea. Like I say, it's it's it, it's fine. It's 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 nice. It's something uh, it's something we can talk about, uh, you know. Well, we've discussed <laughs> we've discussed I mean, the pre you say you say random schmuck as if, as if it's some sort of like insult, you know? Like you mean just like random dude. <laughs> yeah. And we've discussed the prequels before, and, you know, we've discussed them pretty pretty extensively, but uh, 
now that Thrones is over, I think we should discuss them at least one more time um, to see what we can uh, look forward to and get our, you know, get our, our thoughts around this stuff. Uh, Preston, are you ready? I, uh, as I'll ever be. Okay, uh, read off the email. Start with this guy's introductions. All right, so he says, um, below are some shows that are discussed by HBO and that are in stages of development. Um, I've been made aware of them while working at the company. I'm not revealing any details about myself. Um, and uh, he says the majority of this is common information that anyone um, working on these Game of Thrones projects knows about. So mm -hmm. he's saying it's not really too much of a secret. But, uh, and so, um, you know, so it, it, in a sense, you know, like I say, it could be somebody that just knows somebody at HBO or has done a lot of research from other leakers and things like that. But it's a, you know, it's a nice compilation of things here. Mm -hmm. So the first one here is The Long Night. Now, according to this, the show is set roughly 8,000 years before the events of the original show. It will prominently feature a variety of different storylines, the creation of the White Walkers, Azor Ahai's origins in Essos, and his journey to find the Children of the Forest, the final battle against the White Walkers, and finally the creation of Winterfell and the building of the Wall. This show and both of the other planned shows exist to give context to the events that led to the War of Five Kings and shaped the world as we know it. The team working on the show has been told to stay away from familiar creature designs and locations. The reasons for doing this is unknown, but a reboot of Game of Thrones series may already be planned at HBO. Oh, wait, a reboot? What? Oh, I mean, that, that seems unlikely. <laughs> that seems very unlikely. This is why I think this is bullshit, because this the, the one person who I think this is, this YouTuber... He's more of a fanboy than YouTuber, but he's known throughout the community as being kind of like a little too fanboyish, which is something coming from me. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, like, and, and he's he he hates the living fuck out of the show, and you know. But anyways, uh, but the um, there are there are some things that really ring true about uh, what he says here. Well, everybody um, knows this at this point, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's true. So, so one of the things about the Long Night, and the Long Night is the one show that people know the know, know the most about. Um, and one of the things that was really surprising was when they listed when they um, had the cast list for the for the upcoming pilot. You know, it was going to be Naomi Watts was on it on it, and we're like, okay, okay, you know, um, that's that seems normal. But then it started listing all of these um, uh, people of color, and and like half the people on the list were people of color. And you kind of say, well, whoa, wait a minute. This, you know, when I think of The Long Night, I think of, you know, Westeros. And Westeros doesn't really have uh, uh, people of color, except for, except for uh, you know, immigrants who have, who, have come, who have come over. But if half the characters are that, it means that it is going to take place in Essos and that some of these events are going to be happening, you know, on that side of the Narrow Sea. And maybe, you know, Azor Ahai's origins and, and the founding of whatever the lore religion and all of these things are going to come up. So, I mean, it, I don't know how there would be communication, you know, like how, how, how are the characters going back and forth, you know? Um, through the uh, Arm of Dorne. Oh, Right, so if this is eight thousand yeah. years before the creation, of, before the creation of the White Walkers, there's probably still an ongoing war, or maybe the war hasn't even started yet between the First Men and the Children of the Forest, and uh, or maybe the war has gone on and it supposedly ended, but not really. There's a shadow war going on, and yeah. uh, maybe the, hmm. the 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 Arm of Dorne hasn't been shattered yet. 
Well, I mean, again, legends don't really mean very much in in Game of Thrones because, or A Song of Ice and Fire, because they're it's oral history and it changes and it, and who knows what what really happened. But yeah, I mean, supposedly the Arm of Dorne is twelve thousand years before, and the building of the wall is eight thousand years, and so you have you know the first men have to migrate over, and then they have the war with the children of the forest, and then the arm gets broken, and then there's you know, a, um, a piece, and then, uh, then all of a sudden the wall is built for, for whatever reasons. So, but, but who knows? I mean, like I said, those legends aren't, aren't to be trusted. So, yeah, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe people are crossing over through this Arm of Dorne. Well, the tagline of the prequel series is, this is not the story you think you'd know. So, mm. I mean, who knows? Maybe the founder of uh, the Starks and Winterfell, maybe they were people of color. Who knows, you know? It's true. I mean, we, we have no idea. We have no idea. Westeros doesn't really have a lot of, you know, people of color. And that's okay, because, you know, there are other places that in, the, in, in the Game of Thrones world that have it. And I would like to explore those places instead. I would love to see more of Essos. But at the same time, though, when we talk about Game of Thrones, does Essos really come into mind, or is it just Westeros? Yeah, I mean that's the funny thing because you do you do think of it as being a Westeros centered story, Des- uh, despite I mean, a good chunk of it taking place in Essos. Right, and but it's funny though because we think of Danny as being this tourist that's traveling through this area, but that she's eventually going to you know getting pulled to Westeros, and that you know the um, that Westeros is the base. I mean, we we're we're Westeros centric, you know? pretty much, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I guess it's just you know it's it's a function of of most of the point of views being being there. Um, a Dance with Dragons tries to like flip that, you know, but by having you know, so many characters go into Essos, but Essos does seem so foreign. Uh, and granted, it's it, we are West, like Westeros is based on Western society and Western Middle Ages, and George R. R. Martin is playing on that, and he makes Essos into this stereotypical um, Eastern uh, foreign land, this you know Orientalist idea um, where everything is off, mm-hmm. and you know we're supposed to see it as this weird other land where they eat dog and and have sex in public and. And things, you know, and, and you know, graces, religious women, you know, have sex with people in temples. And everything is supposed to be, you know, it's purposely supposed to challenge our, our Western ideas of things. Well, Westeros is a little more what we're used to. Right. But, um, but it'd be, you know, that, and that's the thing is, is to flip the story and have it be ESO-centric um, would be something. It's not going to be that, but it's surprising enough that that a large portion of the of the story is going to be in Essos. I would I would I mean I would be cool with that with it going from Essos and eventually uh, or Essos as you say it and eventually going to Westeros and you know yeah. them encountering the children and the children fighting back and you know maybe they have a really good reason to be there so on and so forth. So I mean it could be a parallel story. Like Danny Danny doesn't have any content. Well, okay. I I was about to say like um, Danny doesn't really have any contact with the West, with Westeros until, you know, the arrival of, um, of Barristan and then the arrival of Tyrion. But then it's not really true because there was that assassination attempt and mm-hmm. things like that. So there, 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 there is, there are some things going, going back and forth, but 
I could see the, the at least in you know I could see the same thing where you have these two separate stories, paralleling the Game of Thrones thing, and that eventually these two separate stories of 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 Westeros and Essos will will come together by you know season three, season four kind of thing. Well, the yeah. next thing here in the email, and this is why I think the person who sent this is that YouTuber we discussed. Not going to say the guy's name. Next thing here is uh, <laughs> Empire of Ash. This one has been detailed quite a bit by the YouTuber. And so I will just go into the basics of his claim as seems as he seems to know more than I do. Uh -huh. The story will focus on the following stories. The decline of the Valyrian Empire, the warring factions in Valyria, relations between Valyria and its provinces, um... Uh, and the Targaryens escape to Dragonstone. Again, the show sets up the War of Five Kings uh, and does not utilize visuals from Game of Thrones. The script has progressed well, but has been delayed multiple times due to budgetary concerns. See, this is why... Th th like I said, this, this is the only YouTuber yeah. who peddles this fucking Empire of Ash thing because why does any fan, and even most book people... Like, unless you're a hardcore book nerd like yourself, yeah, I don't think any normal fan really cares much about old Valyria. Why the fuck would you make a Game of Thrones prequel not set in Westeros? Like, e e even if The Long Night is going to set in Essos, yeah. eventually it's going to go to Westeros because Children in the Forest, White Walkers, The Wall, blah, 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 blah. And, and, and I'm going to make a comparison here to um, Knights of the Old Republic in Star Wars. Mm. Like, like, yes, there are some people that are super into Knights of the Old Republic and all of that kind of stuff, but I picked some of that stuff up, and it was just too foreign. It was too distant from, from, what, from what I was used to with Star Wars. You know, they tried to make their, their occasional connections, like, oh, there's huts in this or whatever. But it just, there wasn't, there wasn't anything, you know, to, to latch on to. Um, it's, the same, it's the same kind of idea with with I think the fall of Valyria. Like we we haven't really been told that very much. The fall of Valyria doesn't have that I mean surprisingly it doesn't have very much to do with the Game of Thrones universe because like um you know yes the Targaryens survive but you know that's it. The the fact that there's Targaryens um like what the Valerians did doesn't really affect anything. Not like building of the wall or the White Walkers or the Children of the Forest where all of that stuff is coming back and is playing a role. Like the death of the Valerians doesn't, you know, do anything because the Targaryens have just are there. Like we don't need, you know, there's no, if we discover something new about the Valerians, it doesn't necessarily affect anything. Exactly. Yeah, the, the, I mean, uh, this was my point the entire time. Empire of Ash is just fucking pointless. Not to mention, this is the time of the uh, Valyrians, like when they're at their highest, and that means dragons. And well, that's the budgetary concern kind of thing. Yeah, like, you, do you really want all these flying dragons around in your in your show? What you want is a few. See, so optimally, you want some CGI monsters, but you don't want too many CGI monsters, mm -hmm. right? Uh, um, you don't want them like on a daily basis where you have to do them all the time, but you want them, you know, to occasionally show up for for some for some you know scene. Right. Not to mention the Targaryens. Like even the Targaryen thing. Like weren't there like weren't they like a minor house in Valyria or something? The Targaryens were a minor house. Yeah. Yeah. Like like why would you fuck it? It would be like that sci-fi show about like Superman's grandfather. You know what I'm talking about? That sci-fi yeah. show. Like who cares? I'm sure there are people who do care, but even then, there's still a connection to Superman, kinda. But he but he but he dies and is completely wiped out. You know, like so. 
Um, mm. I mean, people didn't even care about Caprica that much. That's the prequel to Battlestar Galactica. They tried to make the connections by like having these people's houses and having them be the ancestors of people that survived for Battlestar Galactica, but it, it still didn't make much difference because you know all of these people were were going to get killed. That's why I'm kind of worried about the Long Night prequel because it's so far away. Even the Star Wars prequels, people didn't like it because, you know, George Lucas is kind of an insane person. But mm. at, at least we had Darth Vader in there, at, at, you know, in, in some capacity. Right. Obi-Wan was you there. Had you, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you had Obi-Wan Kenobi, you had Yoda, you had the Emperor. You had, you had a lot of characters that... that uh, was from the original trilogy. And the connection yeah. was strong. Despite it being a prequel, the connection was strong to the original source material. Here, yeah. the connection is not that strong considering it's 8,000 years before. Yeah. So, that's why I'm saying, like, Empire of Ash, even the Long Night, even the Long Night prequel was kind of meh. But Empire of Ash, like, this, this is the only YouTuber peddling that. Like, it's it's not, like, a, a good prequel. I don't, I, yeah, I don't know how it would be, I mean, what could you find out about dragons that would, that would be interesting and make you re, re-examine the story? Like, let's say you find out that that uh, the Valyrians, you know, they use genetic engineering or they use telepathy or they use, you know, weird kinds of magic. Let's say you find out all of these things. Well, it doesn't really affect the story that much, you know, um, with, with like understanding Danny or, or, or Viserys or, you know, any of, the, any of the, um, the Targaryens that we know. And that's the thing. Targaryens weren't important. So they were just this minor house. The the way you could do it that they that they really could uh, shove it in there somewhere is uh, have uh, some Valyrians interact with some of our main characters in the Long Nights. Like maybe uh, mm. an envoy from Valyria lands in in Essos where the story takes place, or in Westeros yes. at one point, and like yeah. you know. Yeah, and and you know, I mean, if you go book wise, there there were dragons in Westeros. Um, in the really thousands of years ago time, or at least there's legends of them. So, you know, you can have drag, you can have the dragons, you can have the White Walkers, you can have R'hllor. I mean, there's some subject matter with with the Long Night that that'll be interest that will be familiar. Like, there's going to be a Winterfell, there's going to be a Wall, you know. But um, with Valyria, there's nothing familiar. Um, so I don't know. It's it's. It's odd. It's also I'm, I'm scared about it being. I'd be scared about it being not visually interesting from a, a human being perspective. Where the Targaryens all look the same. Mm-hmm. Um, they all have the same hair, and and that's the thing is like the Long Night we know is tr- is going for diversity, you know. And we saw the cast list, and it's all you know. It's many d- different looking kind of people. Well, the Valyrians all have, you know, the same color hair. I mean, maybe it's gold and sometimes it's silver or whatever in the books. But in, in the show, everybody just kind of had the same. They pop, they popped that same Viserys wig no, I was, on Rhaegar. I just think on that, Rhaegar. <laughs> he looked like the Diet Coke version of Viserys, honestly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty bad. But you want to know something that's even worse? Browsing the internet and not using Surfshark VPN. In today's world, browsing the internet has become a lot more risky, and every day we just risk losing our information to hackers and shady websites. But Surfshark VPN has got you covered. They've got a bunch of servers worldwide to help you stay anonymous every time you're online and keep your data safe with a variety of security options. And for my overseas viewers, Surfshark VPN can help you watch streaming services you wouldn't normally have access to in your country, such as Netflix and even Hulu. And now that Thrones is over, I'll be going over and recommending quite 
quite a few of those shows on those platforms, so be prepared for that. And to help you get started, Surfshark VPN is offering to give you guys 84% off your purchase plus one month free as a bonus. And to get started, head on over to Surfshark.com and use code RTR or click the link in the description below and protect your privacy today. Next up we have here is Aegon's Conquest. Uh, according to this, that was being developed by Brian Cogman, but was ultimately passed on for being uneventful. HBO gave Brian and George the option to rework the script, but ultimately they refused. I'm unaware of Brian's reason for refusing, but George stated that the events were already canon in his novels, and he would not change them to fit in with the TV universe. See, this seems more in line with, with um, something that could actually happen, and probably did happen. Uh, I highly mm. doubt George is as involved as they make it seem. Yeah. Mm, but Brian Cogman, didn't you say that he is probably the only one on, on the on the television show staff that's really all about... Who, who, who gives a fuck? Yeah. He's the only one that gives a fuck. Um, yeah. Uneventful. I, I mean, that's an interesting word to use because it, it's like, you know... Having reading through Fire and Blood and Aegon's Conquest and all of that, like we know that stuff happens and a lot of stuff happens, but I think they're looking for some some large scale universal, you know, things like the uneven seasons and the White Walkers and things and Birth of Dragons and things like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what what could happen in Aegon's Conquest that that would that would uh, that would excite viewers? You know, we, we know he just keep conquering and conquering and conquering, and then that would be it. Yeah, and that makes it makes sense. The whole uneventful thing, as a as a as someone who's read the books, and I am a diehard Thrones fan, it, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's uneventful. But once again, they're not catering to diehard fans; they're catering catering to the casual fans, and the casual mm. fans outnumber the diehard fans. And for casuals, why would they care about Aegon's conquest of the Seven Kingdoms? If you've read the books, and if you've read the Fire and Blood books, you already know what happens. So yeah. this will be another another reason for the fans to bitch that they're not being faithful to the source material. Whereas the Long Night prequel that takes place eight thousand years, they have the freedom to do whatever the fuck it is they want. Whatever they want, mm -hmm. you know. You can build some characters. They they can become like who's going like that's the thing is is people watching the show. They you know we kind of knew that the heroes are going to win. So it's like who gets to kill the Night King. And it's like, is it going to be John? Well, it turns out it's not to be John. You know, who's going to sit the Iron Throne? With 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 the Long Night, it could be like, who's going to be Azora High? Who's going to be this first prophecy? You know, who's going to fulfill the prophecy to to stop the White Walkers? You know, things like that. Mm -hmm. All that's unknown. So, it's kind of the same story again, but you know, but nonetheless, <laughs> with Aegon's conquest, yeah, there's no, there's absolutely no surprises. We know that Aegon is just going to win, 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 win. And that's that's the end, you know. Yeah, once again, it, it'd be it'd be a great like animated series. I would love to see it in, in the style of like um um what's on um what's on uh, uh, Netflix right now with uh, Castlevania. I I would love to see it in that style. It it, it would be great. Um, sp the original Spawn animated show from HBO. I don't know if you remember that one. Mm, I would love to see it yeah. like that style. But um, what are you gonna do? Over here next we have uh, Dance of Dragons, uh, and. At this time, progression on the show has been very slow as George is devoting most of his time to The Long Night. However, the plot has already been detailed in the novels and therefore major moments are already known. They are as followed. Aegon II's coronation, Rhaenyra's coronation, the death of uh, Luc Luceris. 
Yeah, sure. Lucerius. What, yeah. The death of Jaehaerys, numerous battles, the fall of King's Landing, the storming of the Dragon Pit, and the coronation of Aegon III. The show is meant to set up the War of Five Kings and will not use the same designs as Game of Thrones. I believe George R. R. Martin referenced this show recently in a blog post. So, Dance of Dragons, once again, I think... I don't think HBO wants to throw out the dragon budget on a prequel that they don't know will be good or not. Yeah, I mean, again, we, we, we run into the problem of all the characters looking the same, um, and we know where the story's going. Um, I think there's a there, Dance of the Dragons is going to be you know the most interesting when it comes to complicated characters interacting, you know, backstabbing. Things like that, but I think it would be too much CGI, and all the humans looking the same, and you know, not being able. I don't know. I, it's strange that HBO kind of wants you know creative liberty. You know, I guess they felt burned by the by the switch um, with Game of Thrones, how they had you know they had source material and then all of a sudden they didn't. Mm-hmm. And, and they didn't know what to th- that that switch was very hard to do well if, if you have like if you're allowed to have free reign like with the long night you know it's it's you're allowed to do whatever you want you know invent stuff right yeah dance of the dragons I don't know it would be, be a little I don't know out of everything listed here dance of the dragons is the closest thing to Game of Thrones we have in terms of political struggle because the one thing I yes. love about Game of Thrones is not the White Walkers not like you know uh, um, uh, Children of the Forest stuff I know you love that stuff but the one yeah. thing I really love is the political like scheming and backstabbing you know Littlefinger Varys mm-hmm. like you know like I love that about season one and as time goes on it becomes a little less but that's why season one is my favorite because it's about Ned trying to you know uh, maneuver through the political bullshit and still trying to be his own guy and and he can't do it without getting burned and like I, I just love one of my favorite scenes of all time is when Peter Baelish betrays Ned during the whole Joffrey uh, throne room scene and he goes I did warn you not to try let's I, I love that I love the backstabbing yeah. I love the political stuff and it's this is the closest thing we get to it now with with the statement that the the show is supposed to set up the war of the five kings or I, I don't I don't know how that connection can be made like i can what's what's really odd is the long night takes place eight thousand years before and i see more connections between it and the events of game of thrones than i do the uh, the dance of dragons and game of thrones you know like with the long night it's like okay we have azor ahai the religion of relore the building of the wall the white walkers like all of that is still there founding founding of house stark you know whatever um, with the Dance of the Dragons, you're talking about like, you know, very specific fight between, you know, factions in House Targaryen, and maybe some intrigue when it comes to the Faith of the Seven and the Citadel, which were hardly. T- I mean, the Faith of the Seven was somewhat dealt with with the with the uh, with the High Sparrow, but he was kind of a new faction coming mm-hmm. in. But like when I when I talk about like citadel conspiracies and things like that and House Hightower and all of these other houses that didn't really, you know, even appear in Game of Thrones, they're huge players in in the Dance of the Dragons. Um, you know, when you say like oh like the importance of 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 um, of uh, 
you know, the, the other Targaryen houses in the, in the narrow sea, the ones that we, they were never mentioned in, in Game of Thrones, and yet they're incredibly important in the Dance of the Dragons, mm-hmm. you know. Once again, so. this, this seems like something that would, would a diehard fan would be excited over, but a casual yeah. fan, why would they care? Right, it doesn't, it doesn't really seem to connect with me to the War of the Five Kings um, or, or beyond. I mean, except in, in these loose parallels between, you know, Rhaenyra and Daenerys and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Aegon, Aegon versus Rhaenyra is supposed to parallel, you know, whatever, John and, and Danny. But other than that loose parallel, I, I can't see it really affecting things too much. Maybe, you know, why dragons... I mean, I guess it would be interesting to maybe get into why dragons died hmm. and why dragons would be reborn. That might, that might connect together, but because um, those are two questions we don't know the answers to. Hmm. Next up here is uh, Robert's Rebellion. This is the last of the spinoffs that is still being considered. At this stage, it will detail the following events. The tourney at Harrenhal, the abduction of Lyanna Stark, the murder of Brandon and Rickon Stark, the Siege at Storm's End, the Battle of the Triton, the Sack of King's Landing, and Robert's Ascension. Apparently, only Jaime Lannister will be remain a central character to the show. It seems as though both Robert Baratheon and Helen Weed will be major characters as well. Like with the other shows, this will set up the War of Five Kings and will not feature designs from Game of Thrones. The most obvious hint to a reboot. Um, so, Robert's Rebellion is the one thing that I thought they were going to do. At least, maybe not as quick as The Long Night, but maybe like five years down the line. Right, I thought George was against it, though. Why? Why you would know, he I be against he, it? I don't know. I, I he somehow thought that this that the, you know this story was was not that interesting or something. I don't know. I don't know why there there was something. I'm not sure if it was George. Somebody was super against it, but every like there was a whole bunch of talk of it, and then you know people said no, Robert's Rebellion isn't happening. But I don't know. Um, which is which is weird because a lot a lot of the the characters that we we all love. Are, are, yeah. are prominent in it like everybody likes ned and you know you got your cersei yeah. fans and your and your jamie fans and you know why does it say only jamie lannister will remain a central character i mean it seems and then it says robert Baratheon will be a major character like well wait a minute like <laughs> he was a major character in the game of thrones too i don't so know, uh, jamie will be a central character to the show but uh robert and, and howland will be uh, major characters so i assume like like you know how Jon Snow, you know the big six or big seven, yeah. So, but okay. but Tywin is also there. He's a major character as well. Um, who else is a major character that's also there? Um, uh, I, I don't. Roose Bolton is also a major character. Is he a central character? No, but it's, it's still a major character, a major part of the the show. Theon, not a central character, mm-hmm. but is a major character. That makes sense. Uh, I see. I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um, could, could Robert's Rebellion work? I don't know. I mean, Robert's Rebellion, it's one year, you know? Like, how are they going to stretch that out over, over several seasons? What they could have, what they could do, and I, I always, I, I'm the one peddling this. I, I, cause I love, I love stuff like this. Love Black Mirrors. Um, you know, I love, I used to like American Horror Story. I like the idea of American Horror Story. What they could do is, um, um, to keep it fresh they could have uh, anthology series on on the whole thing because there are multiple mm. stories and with an anthology series every season is a new thing like American Horror Story and with an anthology right. series you can create your own stories and still do stuff that we've you know 
we've heard of before. Like, you could do Season 1, Robert's Rebellion. Season 2 maybe takes place several hundred years before, following some guy from House, I don't know, Mormont, on its quest to do this, this, and this. And, you know, you could have that freedom and still give the fans, diehard fans, what they want as well. As well as introduce casuals to the history. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I suppose, like... Yeah, I mean, that would be nice, but... Uh, but uh... I don't think, you know, I don't think they'd, they're going to do that, mm -hmm. but that'd be nice. Uh, to, to wrap up the email here, numerous other shows have been pitched at HBO, but have not been given a chance to develop. I'm aware that Nymeria's War, Dunkin' Egg, and a show in Yee-T. Is that, am I saying that right, Yee-T? Well, yeah, it's supposed to be a, it's supposed to be a joke because it's, you know, E.T., the extraterrestrial. Mm. Uh, yeah. A show in E.T. has been discussed. There have been other pitches, but I'm unsure what they're about. It seems unlikely more prequels will get greenlit due to the likelihood of a reboot for Game of Thrones. Now, I don't think there will be a Game of Thrones reboot. There's been far too much merchandise, far too much effort on that merchandise, and the DVDs and all this other crap, and so much money thrown at actors. And yeah, yeah. There's no way there's going to be a fucking reboot. Not in, like, no, two, no, 20, no, 50 no. years. There's no fucking way. Like, we... Like we, we... As a society, we kind of like scoffed at rebooting Spider-Man so quickly, and that's a freaking two-hour movie. Like we're not we're not like rebooting multi-year show again. No, it's just not going to happen. So the reason everybody's okay. I also don't believe. I also don't believe that anyone was talking about Namiria's War or E.T. Mm -hmm. Like that just that's just that's just way too obscure. Yeah. Um, for for anyone to have any interest in. Like, people would be like, oh, a show on Dorn? Like, you'd have one viewer, and that would be Preston Jacobs. <laughs> I mean, like... I mean, you're right. I mean, yeah, I mean, no, one, no one's interested in Dorn. Like, it's, no one's interested in Nymeria's War. Like, that would be, that would be ridiculous. That, no, no. Now, Dunkin' Egg would be... Would be it's funny because, like, most fans say, like, well, Dunkin' Egg would be great because, like, you're talking, they have a multi-year, like, uh, multi-year um, uh, adventures. And it would, like, f they would flow, like, really well, like, you know, as Egg, as Egg grew up, as he does in the book, as he does in the stories. But for some reason, Dunkin' Egg was never, they never really pushed that. Uh, um, but it's too bad. I guess there's just not enough characters. It's not as epic. Like Dunk and I go to go to various places and everything surrounds, you know, Dunk's perspective and Dunk Dunk's perspective alone. And so it's you know it's too uh, it's too bad. But Dunk and Egg would be would be fantastic. I would I would be down with it. And like I said, the one thing that really irks me is that the whole Long Night prequel. I would be super excited for it had they done that thing that you've I've said this before had they done that thing that you told me about during our spoiler uh, cast podcast episode yeah, yeah. where John and Tormund go beyond the wall and they find the White Walker symbol there and they get and like that's how the show ends which sets up the Long Night perfectly as to why it's happening all over again what are the white walkers like how do they really come about why does it take them like you know so long to come out why do they choose right now to come out like their relationship against the raven and why they always go for the raven it's just a missed opportunity to really just hype everybody up for the prequel it really is because yeah, i'm not that hyped yeah. for this i like I don't care about White Walkers. I really don't. I like more of the right because because we know Arya kills them all. So what's the what's the uh, you know do we do we need do we need rocks? Do we we like ice cream? Do we need to eat? Does that mean I have to eat rock salt? No, like. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, <laughs> don't you want to see Boba Fett as a kid? No. <laughs> like, I like Boba Fett. I don't want Boba Fett as a kid. Well, let me ask you a question. Like, if you were in charge of the whole like thing, if what you wanted to happen is what they will do, what would be your idea for a prequel series? Or even a sequel series? Hmm. 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 I mean, I would push Dunkin' Egg. Um, I, th- I don't think, you know, the more I read about The Long Night, the more I think, like, wow, they, 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 they're put, it's, like, when I first heard that idea, I was like, I don't know, that seems, that doesn't seem that great. And then, and then I realized that the scope is, is huge. I'm like, oh, it's all over the world. That, this is interesting. Like, I, I, wonder, I wonder what they're going to do. I wonder how they're going to connect that all together. Um, I, I think another one that I thought that might have been interesting was the uh, the travels of Oberyn Martell because mm. he um, he has a fascinating life and he kind of kind of goes from place to place, and so you know you could you could do a lot with him. Um, uh, anybody else? I mean, you could do like the Wandering Wolf, like as he like you know travels and and joins the 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 um, the Second Sons and. Travels around Essos and things like that. Uh, some, someone uh, as, was as a star. Someone was saying how yeah. they would love uh, what 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 uh, Harry Potter did with uh, their prequel, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Where in Harry Potter, uh, what's the guy's name? Newt Scamander. Yeah, yeah. He uh, apparently he he's a uh, he's a subject of the of a history book there they were reading in the original Harry Potter stuff, and thus it seems it seems so random and obscure that they would focus on Newt of all people. But I guess Newt mm. does meet up with younger versions of characters we see in, in the main movies. So someone was saying how they should do that and, and go with, um, what's the guy's name, Lomas Longstrider? Oh, right, Lomas Longstrider. Yeah, that would be interesting. Who goes around and, and, and like sees all the... like the Has all these adventures, mm-hmm. yeah. Sees all the wonders. That would be, that would be, that would be very interesting. Or, um, you know, you could, you could do Gary and Lannister. I mean, there's a lot of things you could do. Isn't Gary um, and Lannister the guy who like disappears in the Smoking Sea? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he but he dies. I we think. Well, we have no idea what he does, you know. So it could, you know, any any of that could happen. But yeah, you could you could have you could have one of these traveling characters, whether it be Oberyn Martell or or the Wandering Wolf or or um, or you know Gary Lannister. Uh, there you know there's there's definitely stuff to be had. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, like I said, I think this email is a bunch of bullshit, but it's giving us an excuse. <laughs> it's giving us an excuse to uh, talk about the prequels again. I'm sure people are sick of it, but I wanted to discuss it one last time, especially after the um, the Thrones uh, finale, which... Right, I mean, it looks like it looks like only the Long Night is going to make it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think, I don't think, you know, I don't think HBO is putting their eggs in more than one basket. You know, I... I I, you know, I don't think that they're they're saying, oh, let's have like all of these shows. You know, they they like to have a diverse programming. Yeah. And, you know, I think I think they know that they can't have two Game of Thrones shows on at the same time. I mean, I'm saying that, and yet there was a time in which three Star Trek shows were on at the same time, but but uh, and and people got you know it's too much. So you know, I think I think they're savvy enough to know. Maybe I'm wrong. But. And to what you said earlier about Spider-Man, I think the reason people are okay with them rebooting Spider-Man every single time is because um, Spider-Man in the comics, there's multiple like multiple universes where Spider-Man's a different person every every time. Yeah. 
So, yeah. you know, there's one universe where it's Peter Parker, another universe where it's uh, Gwen Stacy, another universe where it's uh, Miles Morales. So now what they could what they could also try to do is they could try to pull a what the Netflix what Netflix did with Daredevil Jessica Jones. It, I mean, it, it only had you know a mixed success with the with the defenders, right? They were try, what they were trying to do on the small screen was the same as what they did with the Avengers movie, right? That you have a, you, you you first have a Captain America movie, and then you have an Iron you know you have an Iron Man movie, a Captain America movie, a Thor movie, and then you have a movie where they're all together, mm-hmm. right? You could you could do the same thing, like have have a, a small series of you know of, of something happening in one place of the world and then something happening in another place of the world and then another place of the world and then have them all like come together in um in one sort of event at the end you know or a series where they're all where they're all combined that you know that'd be that'd be that'd be interesting though i think it's uh i think it would be it would be a lot i don't know if netflix considers like their shared universe like the defenders a, a success yeah, uh, you know, I think I, w- I would argue the only really good um, Daredevil. All seasons of Daredevil were great. Season one of Jessica Jones was okay. Uh, Luke Cage, meh. Iron Fist, awful. Uh, Defenders, not that good, honestly. So I liked I liked I liked Jessica Jones the most. Mm-hmm. I thought Daredevil was okay. I thought the first half of Luke Cage season one was excellent. And then the second half of Luke Cage season one was horrible. You know, the problem with it is, is, and I'm glad, I'm so, this is why I refuse to watch a lot of shows that have more than like 13, 10 to 13 episodes. Yeah, it's yeah. that bloat. That Netflix bloat is fucking atrocious. And a lot of shows love to do this. Netflix's bottom line, same as YouTube is, they love longer videos. They love longer episodes and more episodes mm. to keep you on the service longer. And uh, yeah, that's, that's their bottom line. And, as such, sometimes the show can suffer because of it. That's why Jessica Jones season two, horrendous, awful. Huh. I oh seen that, my man. God! Save the save. Season your time. one was so good though. Season one was all right, but how many times can you fucking kidnap Kilgrave and let him go? You know what I'm saying? Like, come on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, so uh, this reminds me of of. Um, kill. Well, that's the thing is they did kind of blow their load, right? So. So Jessica Jones, it was all building up to Jessica Jones and Kilgrave like meeting, and then and 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 facing off. But then they but they keep meeting over and over again. And by the third time that they meet, you're like, ugh, like the it, it, the intensity is gone because you know somebody has plot armor or somebody gets out of it. You know, it's just too many times. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was watching Killing. I watched the first season of Killing Eve, and it was the same like. Killing Eve is this uh, is the story um, where Sandra O oh is in the uh, British intelligence, and she's tracking down this this really compelling, uh, insane hit woman, and the hit woman is in turn obsessed with Eve, Sandra O's, O's character, mm-hmm. and you're like building up to like, oh my God, like as these, you know, the story is, is like chugging along and it's like two characters, like plot lines are coming together and then, then they come together and then they have, you know, ridiculous plot armor and, and you and then, you know, they come together again and you're like, oh God. And then by the third time they're together, you're like, oh, it's just, the intensity is gone. Mm-hmm. You, you know. So the, the, I guess that's what I felt about, about Jessica Jones. Like, 
you can't you can't you know blow it. You if you're going to be building towards something, you need to have a single climax, you know, at the end. But hmm, hmm. Oh well, whatever. <laughs> we got off uh, track. But uh, Preston, you want to wrap this up? Sure thing. Sure Guys. thing. But no, I mean, th- th- I, I, I'm going to say before we wrap it up. It, but it does relate to a lot of things about like, you know, all storytelling and game. And, and this is going to get to Game of Thrones as well. Like, you know. Are people going to be excited about dragons and the White Walkers and everything when it's already when everything's already been revealed? You know, when when you you're supposed to be building towards something, and then once once you kind of have that climax, like, is there any excitement after? Mm-hmm. It? Well, we've had the climax to Game of Thrones, like, so how can can we be excited about these other things? Well, we'll see, we'll see. They can do it. I, I'm I'm curious to see if the prequel will go anywhere, and I hope it fucking does because once again, I love Thrones. Um, I, I think the first four or five seasons were great. Um, so hopefully they can do their own thing with enough freedom, you know. Because HBO doesn't put out crap. They really don't. No, no. A, a good chunk I'm of... cautiously, cautiously opti- optimistic about the long run. Yeah, like... I am... Yeah, every time I hear it, the more I hear about it, the more I'm intrigued. Yeah, HBO, uh, a good chunk of their stuff is good. Um, but the problem with HBO is the, long as, as, as long, the longer it continues, the d- more downhill it goes. So... We'll just have to see. Like everything. Like everything. Like all like all human beings. Mm-hmm. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Preston, thank you for joining me. Join us again on Preston's channel, uh, where we discuss the entirety of Season 8. And then again on Preston's channel, when we have a live stream. Uh, you still want to do the live stream? Yeah, yeah, let's, 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 do, a, let's do a live stream. We'll do a live stream yeah. with Phil the Issues Guy, and we'll invite another Game of Thrones YouTuber, a good friend of ours, Tony Teflon, if he's available. We'll have him on, and uh, the four of us will discuss, bitch about, and uh, talk about the future of Thrones. As always, guys, thank you so much for watching, and we'll see you all next time. Have a good one.